Hello and welcome to another episode of Soper Chat. I'm your host, Christy. You'll notice there's no music at the beginning this time. I'm kind of doing this on the flying by the seat of my pants kind of thing. And I'm talking to you while I make mixes to make soap. Uh, so I figure, you know what? A lot of people do that. And a lot of people don't, but that's kind of what I'm doing today. Anywho, so a couple things I'm going to talk about. Um, number one, where I've been. Uh, as you know, there is a big, uh, uh, <laughs> as they say in the dark ages, plague going around. Um, I've mostly been trying to get my head back in the game. And what I mean by that is I haven't been feeling good. And that was regardless of what was going on. And so I finally went to the doctor and long story short, I'm working on that. So feeling a lot better. Thank you for asking. Um, anywho, uh, which kind of takes me to compassionate deadlines. Um, one thing I am guilty of is trying to get everything done for everybody. And long story short with that is you just can't do that. You need to take time for yourself. So if you don't take time for yourself, your body is going to make you take time for yourself. Hence, uh, like for example, when you hurt your back, like some people do and, you have to take time and make sure you heal your back. Otherwise, it gets worse, like some people's do. Um, but, yeah. Uh, take care of yourself. And, uh, in that sense, uh, if you don't have to set your... If you set the deadline for yourself, be flexible. If it's something where you've never done it before, and you don't know how long it's honestly going to take... Uh, be honest to yourself, first of all, knowing that, you know what, it's not, I don't know, I've never done this before. I don't know how long it's going to take. So that's, that's one thing. Um, the other thing is whoever you're doing this for, if you're not doing it for yourself, be honest with them. I've never done this before. I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, that way they can also come to an agreement with you. So if you need to do something and you've never done it before and you've researched it and said, well, normally somebody who's done this forever, it takes them four hours, five hours, X hours for math quizzes. Um, then you tell them, look it, this is how much, how long it normally takes them. If it's somebody you can reach out to that, that does it, and you can ask them, look at when you first started this, how long did it take you? If you don't mind me asking, or don't even put that part in, they may be very willing to tell you, Hey, this took me six hours, eight hours, two days, X hours to when I first started, but I honed my skill and I was able to knock it down to however many hours it takes to get it done. Now, if the person that wants it isn't willing to wait that kind of time, then you can direct them to somebody who is an expert at it. And if they complain that, oh, well, they charge blah, blah, blah. You know what? You're charged for your experience. You're not charging necessarily for your goods and services. In some cases, you are charging for goods and services, but you're also charging for the experience. If they don't like it, they can go pound sand. So that's something a lot of people don't even put into consideration. And I'm one of those. So that's something I'm working on. So I heard compassionate deadlines one time. I'm like, you know what? I don't give myself that enough. I need to do that for me. And let me tell you, that honestly helps with stress. When you put a deadline and if you can't get something done, 
Be honest with yourself and be honest with the other person. That is not something I can do. Um, and if they don't like it, I believe the word is tough. Um, don't put yourself in a position to where you cannot get it done. And it makes you look bad for not being able to get it done. Um, you are not there to please anybody else. Uh, you are not a circus monkey. So keep that in mind. If you cannot do that and there is no way you know how, don't be afraid to say no. That's something I'm working on too. One of the reasons why I have a bad back. It's a, I put so much into it that uh, my body is now paying me back for it. So fun. But I hope that is to help somebody, inspire somebody. Words to think by. Some people are probably going, well, yeah. And I can understand. I now understand. It's going to take me time to get to the point where I can learn to say no. Because, boy, I tell you, there's some days where... Sorry. Noises! Um, I had a situation where somebody asked me to uh, alter a dress. Because I do a, a little dabble in sewing. And I just was like, and it was an, for an important event. No, I, no, I'm not that good. No, <laughs> I'm just, I just have just enough experience to do it badly. And then sometimes when I do good, I try to keep my mouth shut and not look surprised. Um, but practice does help with that. And uh, I was honest. I was like, I, I can't do that. Uh, I don't, I don't want to put them in a position because they were waiting. They waited too long and they were having a hard time finding somebody to alter the dress. So waiting until the last minute and then hoping it gets done. Okay. No. So what is that old phrase? Um, a lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. Remember that. There's a lot of people out there that expect you to bend over backwards because they waited until the last minute. Kind of usually happens during the holidays a lot of times or during important events, weddings, uh, birthdays, anniversaries, things like that. And it kind of goes along with the um, target market situation. If somebody comes to you and they want something and they don't agree with what you sell and they're trying to change you and make you sell what they want and it's not somebody you would normally sell to so they want you to lower your price they want you to do this they want you to do that and it's not something you do just remember besides the uh, not my circus not my monkeys they're not your target market so that's a that's a big one and so one big thing, if you're first starting out with making soaps or bath and body products, things like that, candles, sometimes people will say, oh, well, you should make this, you should make that. No. Uh, you can always use a nice phrase like, you know, that's a good idea. I'll take that into consideration and then pencil it away so that maybe it's something you revisit at a later time when the finances allow uh, or they're... It, they're not something you, you want to do. So if it's something where you don't want to necessarily upset somebody, um, you know, that's a good phrase. You know, I'll take that into consideration and then don't do it. 
So you don't have to worry about necessarily offending them unless they want you to make it, at which point uh, they can pay up front. Like, I'll give you a great example. I, I'm into Halloween. I like Halloween. That's my favorite time of the year. Uh, not for horror, just it's fun. So um, I started making soaps using some Halloween fragrances. And somebody said, oh, you should use this one that's called Rotting Flesh. And it smells absolutely foul. I cannot put down how much it's... Oh, yeah. It'll knock a buzzard off a gut truck, let me tell you. So somebody, of course, says, oh, you should make that as a, as a soap. I'm like, uh, are you buying... And I was, I was up front because I was just like, uh-uh. So I was like, are you planning on buying it? Well, no. I said, I am not making that unless somebody has prepaid. And I will tell you why. That smells absolutely foul. Uh, if I make it, I have to possibly use disposable items because I can't reuse those tools because that smell may permeate those tools. So they have to be discarded. So buckets, spoons, silverware, not silverware, uh, spatulas, things like that. Anything that I would use to normally make the soap, because that smell is so pungent, it may render me unable to use those tools again, and I have to throw them out. So unless somebody is willing to pay extra to buy that soap, I am not making it. And I was, I was right there. And the look I got was just like, wow, <laughs> I don't care, because that's money. And they're not, they weren't going to pay me to do it and they weren't going to buy it. So why should I make it? It would be funny. Yes. But then I've got this soap that no one wants to buy that stinks that I can't keep in the house because it stinks that bad. And eventually I'll probably have to throw it away. Like some cottons. Let me tell you, I will never make another cotton again. Never. Maybe if somebody pre-orders, possibly, but otherwise, no. Um, so... Sometimes you have to have that hard talk with people and say, look it, I'm not making it. It's not, it's not worth making it because it's, it's sinking money into a, a burning ship. Anywho. So if you have to have that conversation, otherwise, you know, be nice about it and say, you know what, I'll take that into consideration and move on with life. Um, the next thing now that we're kind of getting to the other side of things, prices are getting expensive. Um, this is a good opportunity for people that are struggling with the cost of goods and services, um, which you should periodically review the cost of goods and services and determine if your prices need to go up. I did. I raised my prices. I was surprised that um, people were actually appreciative of the fact that I wrote, my prices went up. Uh, so if you make a quality product and you have to raise your prices, a lot of times your customers will understand because they know that the prices are going up everywhere. So if you need to raise your prices, do so. Um, if you don't currently record your prices, uh, the cost of making goods and services, that is a really good thing to start considering, especially with the new year. Um, some people are like, oh, this year I'm going to do this and this year I'm going to do that. There's a lot of tools available to you to help you get to that point. You know, if you're in the United States, there's a small business administration can help you kind of with, with some parts of starting a business. 
Um, there's plenty of marketing folks out there that will help you with things like your target market, putting together a business plan, uh, finding a mentor. Um, if you know somebody in your town uh, and or city that makes soaps or other bath and body products, um, don't poo-poo them if they say no, but you, it doesn't hurt to ask, hey, would you mind if I, uh, if, if I kind of see how you do things? Without, you know, finding out their recipe, don't ask people for their recipes and things like that. That's mean. Um, it's something that they took years to put together. And for somebody to come by and let me have your recipe. That's rude. And getting upset with them when they say no is rude as well. Because that's their bread and butter and they're not going to give you their bread and butter. So... You got to find your own way with regards to that. And there are plenty of resources out there to help you in that process. So um, if you need help with resources, there are plenty out there. If you go to the Facebook group Soapers Chat, um, we've got wonderful people on there that can help you with uh, finding that uh, niche, I should say. Um, so... Definitely start utilizing the resources that are available to you. Um, also, I, as an aside, please get insurance. Don't be one of those people that says, oh, nothing will ever happen. Nobody gets hurt. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, people can get hurt. People have been hurt. People have lost businesses over being hurt. Don't do that to yourself. Um, that's one of the first things I will recommend uh, or suggest, what have you, on uh, is insurance 100% of the time. I don't care where you go through. Uh, just make sure that you have coverage. Um, read all of the fine print. The big print giveth and the little print taketh away. That's a big one. Um, especially if you make candles. That's huge. I, I know there's a lot of insurance companies out there for artisan soap makers and bath and body creators that do not cover candles. So that is something you need to consider. Um, there are also, you might want to join memberships with places like, uh, the Soap Guild. Um, there's so many Facebook groups that you can join that will help support you and help you learn. Um, there, uh, I posted a couple links in the, in the group page on them. Um, I'm not going to go into detail here because, uh, I may see a squirrel and go off on some other tangent. Um, I'm good about that. If you know me, you'll know I like to go on tangents. Um, but, yeah. So, and I think I've done a, a couple of uh, previous, uh, it's been that long, huh, um, episodes where I've talked about different groups that are out there and available um, that can help you get started. Um, there's also a couple of marketing groups that can help you get started as well. Um, if you have a marketing group and you want to help people get started with the whole process of starting a small business, please go over to Soper's Chat on the Facebook group and uh, peddle your wares because let me tell you, that is so beneficial to people that they learn the process. Uh, I'm still learning. Um, and we all will benefit. You will benefit. We will benefit. Everybody benefits. Yay. Anywho. So, next thing I want to talk about is, um, if you have, 
uh, been like me and you found the things and you bought the things and you don't use the things and you ask yourself, why did I buy this? Uh, yeah, New Year, a lot of people go through declutter and they're like, why did I buy this? What, what am I using it for? What was I going to use it for? I don't remember the thing. Um, yeah, if you have something like that, there are plenty of D-Stash pages that are available to help you. Um, I will get a list of a few of them. Facebook is great for D-Stash pages. Um, and the nice thing about it is you may be in search of something that you needed, but it might, that buying it new might be out of your price range. And if that's the case, then you can always uh, look for used. You never know. You might find just what you need. Uh, if you need a soap cutter, but you can't afford to buy brand new, there might be somebody that is trying to get rid of one because maybe they have like a gazillion. That's not me. Uh, and they need to, need to, you know, downsize. Uh, or maybe they got one and they've gotten so big that they don't use that anymore because they have to use a bigger cutter. Um, yay for them, first of all. Uh, but that's also an opportunity for you. Um, also, uh, now that kind of people are, are getting together uh, in the new year, I'm hoping that with things will get better and we'll be able to attend conventions again. I miss conventions. Oh, Old Sage Apothecarians. I loved that convention, but we haven't had to have it in a few years just simply because, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a plague. But, um, yeah, those are, those are nice. You know what? If you can join a local group of like-minded individuals, very beneficial. Some of the benefits include being able to talk shop with people. Um, you might be able to find a local insurance that will help you with covering your, uh, your butt. Um, you might even be able to get in on group buys. Maybe somebody is saying, hey, I can get this oil in bulk if so many people need it. I don't need a big bunch, but if somebody else needs some, then uh, we can go in on this and get it for a cheaper price. Uh, and then make sure somebody is able to split it up and safely, um, covering all requirements, and everybody's able to take advantage of the discount. So that's a good thing. Also, if somebody has, say, for example, if they might have a space that everybody can get together on a periodic basis, you may be able to learn a new technique. You may be able to learn a new about a new product. Um, it may be something that helps your business grow. So also you can take advantage of local D-stashes. I've got three Cuisinart stick blenders. Don't judge me. Uh, there's a reason behind it. I, I, and I'll, when I figure out that reason, I'll let you know. But if you say, for example, you have three Cuisinart stick blenders and you're like, I don't need all of these stick blenders, but somebody in your little group locally my stick blender died. It, it let out the little magic smoke. You know what? Hey, I got these three extra stick blenders. You know, let's, let's wheel and deal, you know? So that's one benefit for you. Um, and you get those out of your, your soaping room, uh, or your kitchen or wherever you soap. Like if you have a she shed or, or a man shed that you soap with, kudos to you. Uh, I've been relegated to a room because everybody got tired of smelling my soap, but yeah. So good things to think about. Uh, and if you want to try to get a group together 
and you need a place to be able to do that, some things that you can do, like uh, the Soap Guild has where you can have local groups. If there's not one in your area, you can work with the Soap Guild to start one. Um, also check Facebook. If you don't have one local in your area for from Facebook, start one. Um, you never know. Um, I think there's a net, what is it, neighborhood uh, page that you could, might be able to start something there too. So there's plenty of tools at your disposal there. Uh, seeing a squirrel or changing subjects, whatever you want to call it. Um, one thing I'm thinking about with regards to um, setting limits, and this is more of a thinking out loud, I want to do it, but I need to remind myself to do it. Um, there's a difference between a want and a need. Uh, a need, you have to get it. It's part of your process. It's, it's not a choice. You can do like, say for example, there's a particular oil that you use in whatever you make and you've got to get that oil in order to make the thing. So that's something you could get away with doing some searches to see if you can find a good price on it. That's something you could share in a group. Hey, Big Lots, if you're in the United States, has a deal on uh, coconut oil and they have it for X amount of dollars or they have a coupon. Haven't been a lot of talk about that lately, but um, maybe I've had my head in a hole for that. Um, or like Patrick Starr, I've been under a rock. Uh, so those are things to consider. And um, if it's a want, things to think about, um, what are the plus sides of getting it? What are the negative sides of getting it? Can I afford to get it? Do I really need it? Do I have space for it? Um, will I be using it in six, within six months? Will I be using it within a year? Will I be using it within a month? Things to think about. Um, can I truly afford it? Um, if I buy that, will I not be able to afford something that I need rather than this want? So different things to think about there. Um, which kind of takes me to citric acid. Uh, I know, wow, way stretch. Um, citric acid usually used in um, mostly bath bombs um, or bubble bars, things like that. There's a method of my madness here. Hold on. Um, the reason I'm thinking about citric acid is mainly because I found a, uh, an article, which I did post a link in the, the Soper Chat Facebook group about it, that talks about citric acid helping to um, decrease or reduce or eliminate potentially, individual results may vary, um, soap scum. And of course, with soap, there's regardless of if it's handmade soap or if it's purchased soap from a supermarket, there's always the potential for soap scum. Unless you have soft water, you have water that doesn't have a problem with soap buildup, like the soap scum buildup. And if so, I want to know where you live because, man, that is a problem no matter what. I have a, a water softener, but soap scum is still a thing. So things to think about there is how can you reduce slash decrease slash eliminate soap scum? Well, hearing about the citric acid, I'm like, hmm, that might be something I want to potentially add to my recipes. Well, citric acid has gone up quite significantly in price. So the plus side is it doesn't require a lot. Usually most additives are one teaspoon per pound of oil. Um, and 
downside is it's twice as much to get citric acid unless you're fortunate enough to maybe stumble across a deal on it. Smaller quantities, not so bad. Bigger quantities, if you're making like bath bombs and bubble bars and things like that, yeah, it's going to be a, a little bit of a of a dip in your pocketbook because it has gone up quite a bit. I think I last saw the cheapest I could find 50 pounds of citric acid was something like $130, $140, and it's going up. I can't even guarantee, and that's U.S. dollars. I can't guarantee that that price is still accurate. It, it more than likely will go up more. So if you, and that's another good thing about working with others locally for group buys. If you can find a place locally that says, well, I'll cut you a deal if, if you get a pallet of, of uh, citric acid. First of all, you got to find somebody in your area, some buddies in your area that need that much citric acid. And then you can say, hey, you know, my 10 friends who all make bath bombs, hey, I've got a somebody who's offering me a deal, maybe 10% off. And that's a stretch. That's just as an example. They're offering me 10% off on a pallet of citric acid. Does anybody need citric acid right now? We can all go in on this pallet. Strength in numbers. So that's something to consider. Now, um, I'm thinking about test soaps for the citric acid and then seeing how the results work. So with that, I'm going to maybe make, um, I don't do one pound batches because I just don't find, um, number one, that I really have a mold. I have a, a mold that's a one pound mold, but it makes like three bars of soap. I don't necessarily want to make three bars of soap. I might only want to make maybe a bar, two bars of soap. So don't be afraid to adjust your recipe for smaller bars. And if you're going to do that, it, you can always find little, they have like those Milky Way molds that you can make one bar of soap. And the nice thing about soap calc and some of those other soap calculators, like the Sage has a soap calculator as well. You can dial your recipe down to be able to accommodate one or two bars of soap, if that, and then see what the results look like. Um, if you don't even want to add fragrance to it, great, because then you don't have to worry about that. That's one less thing you have to worry about. If you've got plenty of testers, because testers are great, and sometimes they're on sale, and you get the things, don't do it if you don't need it. Um, yeah, you've, you've got, you. if you're only making a bar, two bars of soap, just a little bit of fragrance oil, eh, that's okay. Don't use perfume. Please do not use perfume. So, yeah. Um, same thing with, uh, um, I believe they also have wax calculators on there, but it's easy to figure out how much wax you need for a particular container. A lot of times, a good uh, container supplier that supplies the candles, candle containers, will tell you how much wax those containers will hold. Um, so for example, like a, an eight ounce candle mold or candle tin, for example, candle jar may only hold like six ounces of wax. So that's something to keep into consideration when you do things. And the nice thing is figuring out your percentages. You can usually do it. It's simple math on a calculator. I know I have a hard time with the maths too, but I use a calculator a lot in my daily life. So take advantage of that. Uh, yeah, so I hope that helps. Um, I'm going to, I, I'm going to try and do more of the, uh, the super chats. I'm going to do them like I'm doing right now because I can get a lot done multitasking. If you're a multitasker, this is kind of great. 
on, let me know your thoughts. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, please let me know. You can always message me through Facebook or you can go to SoberShatOutlook.com and send me a message. Um, Otherwise, I hope you have a wonderful new year and we will chat with you later. Bye.